Frank Bowl here to tell you about my friends over at A1 Mortgage. I've known the great folks at A1 Mortgage for over 10 years, so I know that A1 Mortgage will work as hard as they can to make your loan process quick and smooth. Go to myA1Mortgage.com and they will make your dreams a reality. Independent Republic of Soccer podcast. I'm Colin McCourt. Coming to you from the salubrious surroundings of a sports radio with 10 WHB studios here in the bitterly cold heart of the American Midwest. Now the transfer window has slammed shut. I'm going to be bringing you through all the biggest movers and shakers on the last day. Who's the winners? Who's the losers from the UK and the continent? I'm also going to be talking to Sporting Kansas City's Carter Augustine later about all the moves this side of the pond, including... Perhaps the most talked about move of the day, which has seen an Atlanta United striker move from Atlanta to the Toonman. All that and more coming up on the Independent Republic of Soccer podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Independent Republic of Soccer podcast. Thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, wherever you may be. Also, don't be scared, remember, don't be scared to tell your friends and family where they can get it, where they can download it, or even just steal their phone and download it on them. I don't, they'll, they'll not mind, I don't, I don't think they'll mind. <laughs> yeah, don't be stealing anyone's phone. But the transfer window has slammed shut today. Fairly uneventful, transfer window in, in all fairness, but there has been some big moves, especially here uh, on this side of the pond with uh, Miguel Almiron. Securing his deal is twenty million pound, twenty six million dollar uh, deal to Newcastle, which it'll be exciting to see what way that turns out. I'll be talking a bit more about that to uh, Sporting Kansas City's Carter Augustine later. But there has been there has been a couple of moves in the Premier League. Uh, it seemed just before the end, it didn't really seem like it was going to happen, but it actually has happened. Missy Bashwahi, uh, the Chelsea striker, has went on loan to Crystal Palace after rumours earlier in the day that Chelsea had refused a move, a loan move to Tottenham. Well, for obvious reasons, I suppose he has made his way to another part of London, but can't ever see that loan going through. But yeah, Batshuayi, I think it's a good signing for uh, for Palace, first of all. Uh, Chelsea, I don't really know what what Chelsea are thinking at the minute. Chelsea are, a, are seen to be a club in disarray at the minute. They were hammered 4-0 during the week there by Bournemouth and really hammered, like Eddie Howe, Teaching Maurizio Sarri a lesson. I've been speaking to some Chelsea fans over here, some friends of mine, and they're a bit worried. They seem to think it's the players, but I don't know. I mean, all this talk about Sarri ball before he came in. I mean, I'm not saying Maurizio Sarri isn't doesn't have all the credentials to manage it, 
uh, a top team in England because I know he, he did do very well with Napoli when he was there. But this year, I mean, I don't know. This sorry ball has left a lot to be desired. I think he's making a bunch of mistakes, honestly. I think, and I think a lot of Chelsea fans are seeing it, and it's getting people very, getting their backs up, getting Chelsea fans backs up. And look, we know how long Chelsea managers last. As soon as there's a bit of any sort of uh, unrest with the fans or with with the players, we've seen the players down tools on Mourinho and then on Conte. But I just, when you're watching Chelsea, it's hard for me to think that it's not the manager's fault. Because when you're watching it, the other night against Bournemouth was a perfect example. It's all tactics, tactical. That That's why Chelsea lost that game. Tactics were wrong. The tactics were wrong. And that's the way Chelsea have been playing this year. And Eddie Howe just seen it, realised it, jumped on it. They, uh, they had that, the Welsh lad, uh, Brooks, David Brooks, they had it. As soon as he marked Jorginho, that was Chelsea's game over. As soon as he took Jorginho out of the game, that was Chelsea's team game over. Everything had to flow through Jorginho. Because they don't play Kante there for... For whatever reason, they, they play Kante out of position, which is another thing I think a lot of Chelsea fans have a gripe about. I mean, I don't think there's a better player in the world than Kante at that position. And for some reason, he plays him out of position and prefers to play uh, Jorginho through the middle. What it does is, as you've seen against Bournemouth, it leaves the two the two centre-backs behind Jorginho completely exposed when he loses the ball. And that's what... It was just a counter-attack that caught Chelsea the other night. The... Jorginho was losing the ball to Brooks. Brooks was spreading it out wide and the, the two Bournemouth wingers were just leaving Chelsea for dead. And that seems to be a, a running occurrence this year and just a bunch of strange decisions. The hudson Adoy, who is being courted by Bayern Munich. Chelsea didn't want to know him. Chelsea did not want to know hudson Adoy until uh, the, all this speculation of Bayern Munich being interested. It's just young players at Chelsea, it's... They don't really seem to get a chance, and that's that's the way it's been over the last load of years, which is what, a bit why the Pulisic move puzzled me. I mean, they have Hudson-Odoi there. I know I'm not saying Pulisic isn't a better player, isn't a great player, but Chelsea just do not seem to know how to use youth at all. They've got a, something like 41, 42 players out on loan. That's mental in itself, but the fact that they have some great players there. Hudson-Odoi has been has been super over the past few games for Chelsea and the fans want him there. The players seem to want him there but sorry, just doesn't seem to fancy him. He left him out at Bournemouth the other night which is such a strange decision. It, it, it wasn't even on the bench. I just don't know. And if they're trying to get him to stay, if they're trying to convince him to stay, that's not really a way to convince him to stay. Dropping him after he's had a good game in the cup. But that's as I said, it just seems to be par for the course for Chelsea at the minute. And they've went ahead. I know they do need they do need a striker. They have been crying out for a striker. But sorry, he's got his man now. He can't really... He had Morata. Morata didn't really work for whatever reason. Maybe his temperament wasn't right. Maybe he's a bit too fragile of a man for the, the Premier League. But they had a striker there. They've let him, they've let him go, Morata. They brought in Higuain, who is sorry's man. That's who he wanted. He was the one... The two of them had great success at Napoli, so... They can't really say that the board hasn't backed them. They gave them the money for Pulisic with fifty odd mil, and now they've they've went and they've got Higuain, the man that Sari wanted. He's going to continue to play Jorginho, so he could be sending his own P forty five there. If he continues to leave out players like Hudson Odoi as well, I can't really see him sticking around. But going off on a bit of a tangent about Chelsea, there, but I don't 
I just don't understand their tactics recently. The Crystal Palace, whereas Batshuayi, Batshuayi is a good striker. There's, I mean, numbers don't lie. He has scored goals. He played for Belgium in the World Cup and stuff. He does score goals, but it's just for whatever reason, young players that just don't seem to. It just doesn't seem to work at Chelsea, and that must worry American, especially Chelsea fans who are wondering about how Pulisic will do when he leaves Dortmund. Because there's Batshuayi, wherever he's went, I think he was at Dortmund the year before last, scored a couple of goals. Wherever he goes, he always seems to score goals. But when he's at Chelsea, it just doesn't seem to work. And he isn't your typical, he isn't your typical striker, you're hold it up with your back to goal and he'll bring other players in, which I kind of think, I hope the Palace don't use him that way because I don't think it'll work. That's kind of the way they try to use Benteke with trying to play Townsend and and uh, Wilf Saha off him. And I don't think Batshuayi is really built for that. I don't think his, his build-up play is nearly good enough for that. If you notice, Batshuayi, one thing I will give him, he's a great instinctive finisher. He can he can finish the ball, he can score goals. And if you look at the majority of his goals, they're all inside the box. They're all inside the box, and a lot of them are first touch. And that's what he's very good at. If Palace try to play him in that holding role, trying to bring the other players into the game, I don't think it'll work out for the... I don't think it'll work out for them. I think what they have to do is just lump balls into the box. Because as I said, if he gets one chance, he can hit the ball and he can score. He's proven he can score goals. So it'll be interesting to see whatever way that works out. Other big moves. Well, the big moves that didn't happen, I suppose, was uh, was Hudson-Odoi, who I was just talking about, who's been courted by Munich. And there was a there was rumours that there was a bid from uh, PSG for William. And... With Hudson Odoi there, with Pulisic coming in, with Pedro there, with Hazard still there, a thirty-year-old William, there was talk of fifty mil, and Chelsea rejected it. I do not. William's a good player, but my God, a thirty-year-old Brazilian. You have Pulisic coming in. You've got Hudson Odoi right there. You've got Pedro. I don't know. It just doesn't really make sense. I would have snapped that. Would have snapped the arm off that. It's the kind of move that the likes of Daniel Levy or something you could see him making. Just smart. It seems like the right time to move William on. Chelsea didn't take it. Other moves that didn't go through was uh, Idrissa Gay. Uh, Everton seemed to ward off PSG, which was another strange one. I think Gay's a good player. But that was another strange one. The powerhouse is PSG coming in for for him. But Everton, were, Everton have done enough. They said, look, he's not for sale. He's here until at least until the end of the year. So it'll be interesting to see how that one works out as well. I think one of the teams that have actually got one of the better deals today, a deal that initially shocked me, but I've kind of, I've, the more I've been looking at it, the more I've been thinking about it, it kind of does, makes a bit of sense. Yuri Tielemans, another Belgian, one of the most highly rated youngsters around in world football today. And uh, he's come on loan to Leicester from Monaco. The only thing I can think about this is they've, they've been able to convince, they've said to him, look, You'll get game time. You'll be in the Premier League. You'll be playing competitively, and you're going to play. Whereas Monaco, he's in a bit in and out of the team, and can't really string a group of games together. He's only five goals this year, which isn't great for a player of his uh, of his w- w- what people are expecting off him of his potential. But I think he could really do it in the Premier League, especially in that Leicester team. Who I know, I know Claude Puel. The fans aren't really too happy with him because he seems to put the shackles on them when they're at home. When they're away from home, they play free as a bird. They attack with pace, like like you seen at Liverpool the other night. They really, really hurt Liverpool. Players like Ben Chilwell, who can attack at pace. Harry Maguire, staunch at the back. 
You've got Vardy, obviously. They've, they've got a good team, Damari Gray, and then bringing in Tielemans as well. That bit of extra, that bit of extra space that might give Leicester a bit of a kick uh, to, on the remaining months of the season. Here might give them that last push they need to get up into those sort of Europa League places, sort of trying to threaten. Can't really see them threatening the top six, but they'll certainly be there and thereabouts if they if they can if they can play that way. If Puel decides to take the the shackles off, but if I'm perfectly honest, I don't really see Puel being there past this season. He'd probably finish out the season, but the style of football that they play really is not it's not endearing to the fans there, and they're used to seeing that attack and fast type of football like they've seen under Ranieri, and and it, it as I said, it's not really going down too well. A couple of other people making moves. <laughs> Some Man United fans might be happy that Marwan Fellaini seems to be gone. He seems to have uh, done his medical, passed his medical at Shendong Luang. I'm sure I'm sure I butchered that, but yeah, a Chinese said another Chinese outfit. I mean, he's probably just hasn't even looked at the name of the club and just seen what he's going to be getting paid per week and said, "Yep, I'll, I'll go there. That's fine." So, fair play to Mr. Fellaini going and collecting his big wage pack. I'm sure. There won't be too many dry eyes on the red side of uh, of Manchester anyway, waving him goodbye. But sure, he's been a good servant to the Premier League and all that. Closer to home, uh, Celtic have done a bit of business. Scott Brown, uh, Celtic captain, has signed another two-year deal, which I was a, a kind of a bit surprised at. It kind of seemed like it, they were making all the moves that he was going to be, making all the noises that it was going to be the time to move on. But look, I'm happy. I'm happy that he's there. You need that captain. You need a leader in the middle of the park, especially now with Rangers starting to starting to sign a couple of players. Stephen Davis and Jermaine Defoe. It's starting to get a bit interesting. I, I must be honest. When I seen when I seen some of the some of the moves that Rangers were doing on the other side of Glasgow, it didn't. I wouldn't say it had me worried, but it just sort of had me thinking. I think Brenton needs to get the finger out, and to his credit, he did. They did sign a striker. They did sign Weah. They did sign Burke, and they've got in the right back as well from. Uh, today from Borussia Dortmund Jeremy Tolian which I, I haven't seen too much of him to be honest just a, a couple of clips here and there and but what I've been reading isn't too bad he's been kept a bunch of times for Germany under 21s and stuff so it'll sure be uh, strength and depth anyway for the club because I know Lustig has kind of been everyone's main focus for this transfer window that saying that Brenton needs to get a replacement in and he has done it so we're setting up for a grand slam finish for the, the Scottish Premier League as well. Celtic only six points clear at the top of the league. Rangers, of course, won the last Old Farm Derby. So it's all to play for in Scotland, all to play for in England too, of course, and all to play for here in the US. And I'll be speaking next to uh, one of the guys with his finger on the pulse of everything happening around here in the MLS, especially in Kansas City. It'll be Carter Augustine. He joins me next on the Independent Republic of Soccer podcast. Kansas City's hometown sports station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello and welcome back to the Independent Republic of Soccer podcast. I'm Connell McCourt and we're going to be staying here in the US for this next section. I'm delighted to be joined on the line with Sporting Kansas City's Carter Augustine. Carter, how's it going? Doing well, Connell. How are you? Thanks for having me on. No worries, man. I'm great. And... If you had told me at the start of the transfer window that the most talked about transfer on deadline day would have been from our very own MLS, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but that's the way it's worked out. Miguel Almiron, uh, the 24-year-old Paraguayan, has sealed it moved to Newcastle. Uh, was it a shock to you, Carter? Um, 
that part was, yeah, for sure that it was the uh, maybe the, the most talked about transfer over in the Premier League in, in the winter transfer window on, on deadline day. Um, the fact that he's moved isn't shocking. Um, it, it's kind of crazy that it took so long, but I guess that's how that's how the, the transfer windows work, mm-hmm. especially the ones over in Europe. Um, but he, he had long made his desire known to, to go to Europe, and towards the end of the season, it really sounded like it was a done deal. It was kind of like his farewell tour, um, winning MLS Cup with Atlanta, and he, and he just kind of knew it was going to be his his last game with the club and uh, linked to a bunch of different teams over in England. And, and it's, like I said, it's just kind of crazy how long it took, but came down to the wire. Newcastle gets it over the line and kind of cool to see major league soccer um, getting some, getting some press on transfer deadline day. Absolutely, uh, yep. But this player, I mean, what, what a player, I think he's going to fit Newcastle perfectly um, the, the way that they have been, on the counter a lot of the season, and uh, I think he'll just fit right in um, so, that's, so fast. That's, that's what and, I was actually going to... I'm really excited to see how he goes, yeah. That's what I was actually going to ask you about, uh, him fitting into the system. I mean, it, it's actually weird. He, he's playing... We, I think he played most of the year up top as a part of a two with uh, Joseph Martinez, the Venezuelan, and it's weird he'll actually be going to partner another Venezuelan in uh, Salomon Rondon at Newcastle, but... I don't know if I can see them playing as a two. I don't think Benitez will play as a two there. I think he'll have Almiron up top on his own or, or Rondon. I think it'll be one or the other. What do you think? Um, yeah, that's interesting. If, if he wants to go with maybe a more workmanlike team. Um, but I think a lot of the criticism I've seen of, of Newcastle's play this year is they, when they get in these counter situations, they have guys that don't really make the most of it. Um, and I think that I think that this this kid's going to fit right in in that particular aspect because he's so so great in one-on-one situations and, and so lightning quick. Um, it, you know, when he's when he's playing in the two with with Joseph Martinez, he's more withdrawn. You know, almost kind of a second striker, if you will, or more of a, more of a playmaker. Um, so I'm, I'm like you, very curious to see how he's going to fit in, but uh, as such a huge signing for Newcastle, you figure he's going to play, right? Yeah, I think it was uh, the Atlanta game at Sporting this year when myself and me and you and Matt and stuff, we were all sort of talking about who we could see leaving this Atlanta team. And we were all talking about Almiron, we were all talking about Martinez. Were you surprised that more people didn't leave like Martinez? Um. You know, Martinez just signed a big extension in the offseason. I was a little surprised. I figured there might be some interest for, you know, the, the single-season goal-scoring, um, all-time you know, record-breaker uh, in the history of MLS, Joseph Martinez. But he said kind of a heartfelt um, explanation that he really feels at home in Atlanta and he, and he loves playing there. Um, maybe it's a case of locking him down a little longer term and, and he'll move at some point in the future. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I, I would have thought there would, would have been interest, but certainly all Marone from for a while now, it seemed like he was destined for, for Europe. Yeah, and he's not the only uh, terrific player that we've seen play in MLS that's actually left in this window. Uh, other fantastic players, Sebastian Giovinco and Victor Vasquez, both gone. They've both gone to the Middle East. And, I mean, you could say they're going for a bit of a payday there. But did that shock you, Giovinco, leaving at this time, especially after how bad Toronto were last year? 
Yeah, um, they're going to be really interesting to see what Toronto does with you know, big contracts to Michael Bradley and, and Josie Altidore for, for this season. Um, they've brought brought in Ollie Curtis, who was with the New York Red Bulls uh, for a nice successful stint, and it was kind of strange when he was let go. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what, what they'll do. They certainly, a couple of years ago, uh, really helped propel MLS into this this new wave that we're seeing with Atlanta with such big acquisitions like Jermaine Defoe, um, those two Americans, and then obviously Sebastian Giovinco. Uh, kind of surprised that he's only going for two to three million, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that his contract situation is different and that he's a little older, but I, I don't know. I thought, you know, he's one of the, the greatest ever players in this league. Definitely. Um, they're, they're certainly going to have a tough time replacing him. Um, but there's rumors that they're already they're, they're already looking at some pretty high-priced uh, replacements. So I'm excited to see what they do. You're right; they were terrible last year, which was a, a complete surprise. So um, it, it was a blast watching Giovinco in the league for sure. He had such a great impact, and you mentioned Victor Vasquez as well. That one, yeah, maybe just going for a, a payday. Uh, a fantastic player, so they'll have some holes to fill, but uh, really can only go up from last season. Absolutely. The closer to home here, uh, some sporting fans maybe listening. Sporting have been doing some some recruiting. Peter Vermees being as shrewd as ever in the in the transfer market, as we've all grown accustomed to seeing. And I think he's been very smart bringing in the likes of Kellen Rowe uh, to fill some voids, give it the midfield a bit more uh, stability there. But the striker he's brought in uh, Hurtado from uh, Vancouver. I know you were down in uh, Phoenix watching. Have any of the players uh, stood out to you in the very early stages? Sure. Well, uh, I think the biggest move, um, right, Icopara being traded to Minnesota mm-hmm. just recently. So who's going to fill in for him? Um, they bring in uh, another Hungarian. Um, he's got a couple caps here recently, Botan Barath. He's a right-footed player, but they've got Andreu Fontas, mm-hmm. the, the Barcelona product, uh, who they brought in on big money last year, and you'd expect him to to fill in. So that's the guy that uh, I was kind of keeping my eyes on, and he's he's so good on the ball. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what they can do. It'll be interesting. I don't know about you. I, I can't think of many two left uh, too many uh, left-footed center back pairings. Absolutely. So, uh, I'll be really curious to see how, how that pairs, uh, pans out. But um, some of the new guys coming in, uh, you know, Rodney Wallace was a free agent, and he, he chose Sporting Kansas City. Um, he looks to be competing with Sessanova for that left-back position, and what, what an experienced professional he is. It's kind of cool to see him reunite with Graham Zussi after they won the national championship at Maryland 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they've both gone on to win MLS Cups and, and both have gone to the World Cups. So um, it'll be interesting to see if there's a, a pair of Terrapin fullbacks for Sporting Kansas City this year. Um, he, he's so experienced. I think he's a really good addition and pretty versatile as well. He's he's going to compete for left back, but you never know where, where he might pop up. And, and you mentioned another guy, Kellen Rowe, very versatile. Um, we'll see if he slots into midfield, but uh, I think he's a player that's going to be reinvigorated after leaving uh, New England Revolution. And that's kind of it. Kind of speaks to the Peter Vermees, his work ethic with uh, playing Rodney Wallace in at left back there, because he's a converted left winger as well. And with Zusi, we all know he's a converted right winger. 
it's very, very attack-minded. He's got Fontas who can play the ball. Kellen Rowe also very good with his feet. So they're all Teddy players. Another player that's very much of the same mould is Gideon Zalalem, uh, the young US men's national team player who is currently at Arsenal. What can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, I, unfortunately I don't have any you know, insider info, but... Um what a exciting young player who's been, you know, hyped on the hype machine for U.S. men's national team fans for a while, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, too bad he's had his, his career stalled by injuries while at Arsenal. Um, but what Sam McDowell of the Kansas City Star reported, uh, Sporting is in talks with him. They've had his discovery rights for a little close to a year now. Um, I guess Colorado Rapids used to have his discovery rights, so there were some Rapids fans that were – uh, a little upset about discovering that today that uh, they're actually over with Sporting Kansas City. Really? It's a weird little quirk of MLS rules. You rarely hear about it. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, like a secret little list where they can have seven guys on their list and um, you can only have guys on the list for so long. Or, and uh, there's weird little rules. They, they trade um, people that are on on these discovery lists uh, for, for cash and stuff like that. So um, they must have... They must have uh, thought they could maybe make a run at him. And um, as McDowell reported, they're they're talking to him, but a deal seems seems difficult. So we'll have to keep our eyes on it. But um, I think certainly a player worth taking a gamble on with such huge potential that he's shown throughout his youth career at Arsenal. And I mean, it would really solidify a a, a title running team it looks like it, they're really sporting were probably one or two players off last year because we all know what a great season they had if they're getting these some seasoned pros in there some young hungry players that are willing to ready to prove something it could be uh, a great ingredients for, for Peter Vermees going forward I'm going to throw a couple of names at you here uh, some young US men's national team names that have made recent moves and I want you to tell me who you have the highest hopes for who you don't really think it can work out for Timothy sure. Weah Celtic oh well uh, what great lineage he has um, he's been so exciting with TSG Neymar's talked about him I, I, I think he's going to make it I, I think you might have watched him a little bit more than I have recently right no he's awesome I'm so I mean Nate Bukiti every time Celtic are playing he's texting me and it's uh, it, uh, there's a lot of a lot of hope around Celtic Park for him. I mean, and I know he's only there for six months. What do you know? And maybe if he impresses in the six months he stays for a year, gets a bit more play under his belt before he heads back to PSG. What about Tyler Adams at uh, Leipzig? I think he's already played one game. They won 4-0 at Dusseldorf. Uh, Just fantastic player. Fantastic player. Um, I had the privilege of being on the sidelines for a lot of the games last season. And... I think my favorite game was Sporting Kansas City at New York Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, SKC lost 3-2. Three, two. Three, two, yeah. uh, it was a back-and-forth game. It was so quick. Uh, New York plays such a high line. It was really tight spaces in midfield and really physical battles. It was just uh, uh, it was a soccer game that you, you, you would love to pay to go and see. That's why you watch the sport. Um, and he was at the center of it. I mean, he is a fantastic player. Uh, covers so much ground, so much energy. Um, I'm still not sure. You know, is he is he going to be an eight or is he going to be a, a six? You know, is he more, I think he's got the box the box abilities, but whatever he's going to be, he's going to be good at it. And like you said, he played the he got the one start for Dortmund, and it was really great to go through the mentions uh, on their Twitter because the 
the Dortmund fan, or sorry, not Dortmund, uh, Leipzig. Leipzig. The Leipzig. The Leipzig fans were just in love with him from the start. Um, just put in a, a wonderful shift in his first game, hit the ground running. Um, yeah, I think that kid has a really bright future, and I think he will. I think he'll be in the, the U.S. midfield for a decade. And one thing I was very impressed with him by in that game that you're talking about. He doesn't fear a tackle. You see a lot of no. players who kind of play the way he plays and they're very easy to go down. He was full fortune to everything, giving it all and willing to dig in. And I think being in the Bundesliga, that'll only, that'll only stand by him. How about yeah, Alfonso Davis, right. Bayern Munich? Yeah, electrifying player. Electrifying player and, and what a huge club to go to. I mean, this is just really exciting to, to talk about some of these guys coming from MLS making their name as youngsters in the league and, and getting picked off by, by European teams. And, and there aren't that many bigger than Bayern Munich. So um, they've, they've already said that they think he'll feature is they need to, to try and catch Dortmund in Bundesliga um, and, and keep their streak of winning the title alive. So um, they, they said he's not even necessarily one for the future, but he might have something to, to say the rest of this season. So um, I, I think uh, again, another player with just huge potential. I said the, the way we've seen him play, you, I wouldn't bet against him making an impact this year in the Bundesliga. The, la, the last one, uh, Christian Pulisic and Chelsea. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting move. He he's always said um, he's wanted to play in the Premier League, and it seemed like he enjoyed his time at Dortmund, but just kind of always had one eye on England. So mm-hmm. um, Chelsea. Historically, uh, you know, I think they've had um, issues playing younger players. Yep. And, you know, that's different managers as well. Um, so uh, I'm curious to see what they do in, in that regard, but they never really spent that much on a player before either, mm-hmm. you know, on a young player before. So they've put a lot of resources into him. Um, I think uh, as a USA fan, I mean, this kid has the – seems like he has the weight of the nation on his shoulders. Um, I'm hoping that guys like Tyler Adams and, and Weston McKinney can, can really come along, and we've got such a bright future. Josh Sargent playing well as well, but uh, he's he's the talisman, as he showed um, in his brief time with the, with the U.S. so far. Um, special, special player, but uh, was kind of out of form at Dorman, right? So hopefully he can... Um, correct that here towards the back end of this season, his, his last season in the Bundesliga and um, uh, with a full off season with Chelsea and hopefully part of the manager's plans we'll, uh, I'm hoping for the best for him over there as well. Well that's it, well, we all wait and see, I mean as you said as you just rattle through the names, there there's a lot of young US prospects and I'm sure very exciting for US fans but yeah. Carter, thank you for joining me uh, I'll as you said before we go the Sporting Kansas City their gates are going to be opening again in what two weeks February 21st February 21st my man. god crazy um, but uh, I'm excited for the Champions League mm-hmm. um, Toluca is a, is a good team they've they've kind of gone under, under some, some struggles here recently in the early stages of of the Liga MX season but those Liga MX teams usually have an advantage for having played a couple months yeah. before MLS teams so um, it's a big challenge, but one thing Peter Vermees said was that 
the moves he made before last season, 2018, bringing in Johnny Russell and, and Felipe Gutierrez and other players, was actually with 2019 in mind. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks they're maybe a little ahead of the curve in, in preseason despite having to start early. So um, I'm really looking forward to that series, even though <laughs> hoping for some warm weather on oh. February 21st. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, I can't even believe how cold it is here at the minute. But thank you, Carter, for joining me anyway. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Colin.